And hey, welcome back to Tiger Talk tonight here on uh, Double K Country. Thanks for joining us. Being joined now by the Veda Tiger basketball coach, Sean Gray. Tigers have had a very busy past week with the Comiskey Classic last week at Joplin High School. And then, of course, in action last night against the Lamar Tigers. Certainly an exciting ball game, low scoring, but certainly very exciting as it goes to overtime. Nevada playing their second straight overtime game. They go one and one now in the extra sessions. But uh, Sean's been uh, certainly a very busy uh, week. You've got you've had plenty of things going on. You've got a bit of an injury concern now to deal with. Those who were at the game last night or watched or listened will certainly be aware of that. But uh, Five games, uh, I'm sorry, four games over the the last uh, well since last week. So, how do you feel about the whole, you know the week in general? Um, I was pretty tired this morning when I woke up, Mike. <laughs> um, f- yeah, four games in the last six calendar days, and uh, it uh, it was a it was a whirlwind. But we feel like our group has gotten better in, in that stretch, and uh, unfortunately couldn't get the job done last night. But uh, we we've put ourselves in position to win the last couple of ball games, and uh, really that's all you can ask for. Well, we're going to kind of uh, jump through the Comiskey Classic here a little bit. The first two games we will, obviously, the convincing victories for the opposition in your first two games against Francis Howe, and uh, then, of course, then followed that up in the uh, Constellation Semifinals against Jefferson City. Uh, first game uh, against uh, 67-14 to uh, Francis Howe, then 60-25 to against Jefferson City. Again, it's a Comiskey Classic. Obviously, there's no doubt it's a large school tournament, but you've had, a lot, you've had success in that tournament this just has to be one of those years where you know when you're trying to rebuild it's you just kind of take your lumps here a little bit but hopefully get something at least productive out of it yeah so you talk about a francis howe team that i just saw last night knocked off webster groves who's mm-hmm. the number two team in the state in class six so uh and then jefferson city's a high quality ball club they won a district championship a year ago uh, we knew going into the tournament like you said that there may be some lumps to be had but we wanted to use it as an opportunity to get better. And the thing that stood out in those two games was our ability uh, to to take care of the basketball against trapping defense, especially that run-and-jump, man-to-man defense. And uh, we weren't very good at it, and we, we turned it over a lot. But sometimes that can be the best teacher. And uh, Monday we spent a lot of time working on those things and uh, talking about, okay, this is what we didn't do well, this is what we need to do. So hopefully – those are learning experiences for us that uh, will serve us well in the future. Well, and then you moved into the game on Saturday. That's the game we really want to talk about because uh, what a thriller to uh, wrap up your week uh, on a Saturday morning at Comiskey Gymnasium. Might be tough to get kids up for an 11 a.m. game, but obviously your team came out prepared to play. They had a point to prove, and certainly Evan Ray did. He, he was held scoreless on Thursday and Friday, and uh, he looked like a, a man possessed uh, uh, coming out of the gate with uh, your first eight points and a career-high 29 points. Yeah, Evan was huge. It was fun to watch him do that. And I think that was a combination of things. I think the way he was guarding those first two games, the traps really took him out of his element. But then also I heard two different occasions uh, between Friday night and then Saturday during the game. I heard two different teammates tell him that, we needed him to, to step up and be more aggressive and, and to and to look to score more, not just pass. Because he had, one of those games he had five assists, one of them he had four assists. He was still creating for us, just wasn't putting the ball in the hole. And he took that to heart, uh, scored it well for us, and then, and, and that was that was really good to see. And you know, uh, also made a three pointer, which he's been a little bit maybe shy when it comes to the three point line. So seeing that go in, I thought was also big for him. 
Well, he ends up with the 29. You get the overtime victory, 66-63. A couple of things to talk about uh, that got us to overtime. Number one, uh, the three-pointer that Leo Gaiman hit uh, that uh, uh, certainly puts you in good position. And then the final play uh, in, in regulation. Owen Swearingen with uh, 1.9 remaining. I have to apologize. I actually, I've been so busy. I mentioned I actually pulled that play off and run it back uh, during the show tonight, but we've had a little bit of chaos this week, so I didn't get around to it. But uh, talk about uh, those two plays specifically because they certainly got to the overtime and then eventually get, getting the victory. Yeah, I mean, Leo's a guy that we've told him we want him to shoot the ball when he's open. Um, he's He's got a good good touch. And, uh, I have to back up. The three was in overtime. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, and it was was Owen's bucket in overtime as well. It was, yeah. yeah That's yeah. the fourth quarter. I mean, yeah, overtime, no, yes. yeah, but, you know, to, to get to overtime, man, we felt like we had a chance to win that thing in regulation. Didn't didn't quite get it done. Shot free throws better, Mike, which, mm-hmm. which was big for us to get us there. And then for Leo as a freshman to hit that shot just speaks to the confidence he has in himself and that his teammates have in him as well. That was a great possession. All five guys touched the basketball. We had a drive, a kick out, the extra pass. And those are the threes that we've talked about wanting to take. We have not shot the ball from the perimeter as well as we want to. Um, But we've talked about if we'll get the ball into the paint either by post entry or by penetration and then get a kick out or get those ball reversal one mores, those will go in a lot more often. Uh, it, was a, it was a pretty possession. Uh, it went in, and then you know we got the ball in Evans' hands there late, uh, who's the guy we, we want to have with it. He drove, the help came. Owen, just good hands to catch that pass, and then a nice strong finish against uh, an athletic defender trying to block the shot, uh, and then also knocked down the free throw, which was big because it made it – you know, a three only can tie you at that point. So, uh, really fun to finish a game that way. Yeah, and uh, for a team that hadn't had a lot of success in wins this season, I'm sure that was a, a nice way to finish off their week. And, you know, both those plays are over. I've seen a lot of basketball over the last week. <laughs> it's uh, understandable. But, uh, but at any rate, uh, certainly a nice way to finish off the week, especially going into a weekend. You were frustrated on – on Thursday and Friday, and I'm assuming it was a chance for them to kind of uh, forget about those first two days and and really enjoy their Saturday and Sunday. It was, Mike, and there are a lot of teams, high school boys, after those first two games, it would be really easy to not have a lot of motivation to just go through the motions and try to get this thing over with on Saturday. Not the approach that they took, and that's not the way we're wired, not not the mentality of our guys at all. Every game, every possession means something, and you're going to try to be your best no matter what. After that win, uh, you know the boy we loaded up. They asked if we go to Buffalo Wild Wings together and <laughs> and uh, watch some football and then eat dinner together. So it was a fun way uh, to to finish that off, and it it kind of helps you forget about those first two. Yeah, sixty six, sixty three, and overtime Nevada gets the win and. And when you got two teams playing again on a Saturday morning and it's a seventh-place game, you can probably be excused for maybe just not having it that, that day. But both, both teams just gave it everything they had. Uh, I, I recorded, ten, I think it was 10 lead changes and eight ties in that ball game. And uh, both teams put on a, you know, you could tell both teams wanted it. Yeah, for sure. And I thought we always pride ourselves in, in getting to the loose balls more and things like that. But I thought Carl Junction played really, really hard, and uh, and we had our tip tip your cap to them for the effort that they gave. Well, that got uh, Nevada their second win of the season. Of course, moved back into action early this week on uh, Tuesday, actually the last night rather against the uh, Lamar Tigers rivalry game. Certainly, uh, Silver Tigers not on the line, but uh, certainly a rivalry game nonetheless. And uh, both student sections usually show up in force. Nevada certainly did last night, and. Uh, 
Uh, another nail biter, about half the scoring of the Carl Junction game, but uh, another game that goes to overtime. And uh, it's interesting kind of comparing the two games with uh, a little more, more hectic pace on Saturday. And then really just kind of every bucket just seemed to be a struggle last night for both teams. So uh, what's a game like that like when you're looking at, uh, you know, both teams just trying to get something going offensively and then they actually end up playing even? Yeah, you, what you end up doing in that, you really turn into a grind it out and you realize, okay, scoring's not going to come easy, so how can we just find a way to get, get to the free throw line? And, and with foul trouble, uh, Trace Wilhite had some, some foul trouble. Ian Reed for them had some foul trouble. Then we started trying to – Gunnar Dillon had, had had a little bit of trouble guarding in the, in the pick and roll. It really became a chess match, Mike, because you're trying to say, okay, how can we make this guy that has fouls try to guard without fouling? How can we attack this guy that's struggled in this one aspect, make him guard? And then defensively, Connor Schaff had been a big-time scorer for Lamar up until this point, uh, made a lot of threes, uh, talked to Mount Vernon, uh, talked to McDonald County, watched film of, of them in the Neosho Holiday Classic. Um, he'd had several games where he'd made five or six three-pointers and had been their leading scorer up until this point. Really limited him, and it, and I could it, it, you just got the sense that without him – getting going and heating up that it threw them out of rhythm offensively a little bit and, and turned into the grind that it was. 36-33 in overtime. And, uh, again, it ended up being a, a game of plays made late. Uh, Riley Heckadon, uh, he ends up with an open three, top of the key. It was a long possession for Lamar, and eventually somebody's going to work their self open. He did the top of the key, and he's a good enough shooter to hit that three, and he did uh, that tied it up uh, with just under a minute to go. He's a, he's a drive-first guy that will make an open three if, if you give him one, and that's, he was as wide open as they come. The frustrating part about that, Mike, is we defended so well for so long. Uh, Connor Schaff, who again, who's their guy, drove it left baseline, took a took a tough shot, um, missed it, and just a fight for the rebound. Three or four guys going for the board, just by inches comes down Lamar's way. And then when you're fighting for that rebound, it's really easy to lose track of, of shooters on the perimeter. The ball found its way to Heckin, and he he knocked in that that big shot. And unfortunately. Uh, these tough losses like that, when they come down to a play like that, they sit sit in your gut a little bit longer because we think back, okay, we had a couple one-on-ones in the minute before that. We missed the back end of a one-on-one, then missed the front end of another one-on-one. Then it's not even a one-possession game. Then they can't tie it up even if they do make a shot. And then that defensive rebound, just how crucial rebounding is. If we pull that rebound, now they're going to foul us. Now we're at the line again. Uh, unfortunately, did not make those plays, and, and Lamar did and put it into overtime. And then when you get to the four-minute overtime, it's so crucial to be the first team to yeah. score because that changes the dynamic. Um, unfortunately, too many times we've, we've played – I don't know how many overtime games we've played now, <laughs> three or four, yeah. and we've not been the first team to score in those overtimes, and then we've put ourselves kind of behind the eight ball, so to speak. Uh, you did get the ball with 51 seconds to go in regulation. You ran the clock all the way down and got a good look uh, with Owen Swearns in the left-hand corner when it left his hand. It looked like it was online, just maybe about four inches too long, And uh, but it looked good when it left his hand. Uh, but you did work yourself into a quality shot. It just didn't go. Really, really proud of our guys. That's one thing we maybe have struggled with a little bit is those long possessions. Sometimes we will eventually make an errant pass or get sloppy and travel. Man, ran that thing all the way down late. If we would not have been able to get the ball into Evan's hands, we would have called a timeout to get in something we wanted. We got Evan with the ball, 10 seconds on the clock, got in the set we wanted. He attacked, drew the double team. And on Saturday against Carl Junction, uh, 
Owen was open behind the defense for the dump down layup. Mm -hmm. Lamar packed it in more. Owen was open for the kick out. And uh, yeah, it man, that was one that it seemed like it was in the air forever. You, you just you're leaning and you're hoping and you're hoping and then didn't quite go in. And uh, uh, we were really happy for Owen and, and and the bucket that he made Saturday to to help us win the game. And uh, unfortunately, that one didn't quite fall for us last night. Yeah, you bring up an interesting time, point about you know you had you had four or five timeouts yeah. left and you ran it down. And it, what determines at about the in between the ten to fifteen second mark whether you just let it play out or you go ahead and call a timeout to de to design something? You j you look at how the defense is aligned. You look at where your guys are at. One, can we get the ball to the guys' hands we want? Because if you call a timeout, now they're talking about, okay, we're going to take this away and this away. These are the We don't want Nevada to beat us this way. Um, and, and maybe you, don't, you have trouble getting the ball to the guy you want in the situation you want. So if we feel like, and you're right, Mike, in that 10 to 15 second window, that we can get into something we like, we feel like we have the advantage because we're going to be in something we want and the defense will not have been able to talk about it. And it was the exact. It was the same thing against Carl Junction. Got what we wanted, and again got got a shot. Got got a shot that we wanted. Just just didn't quite fall for us. Absolutely. Well, good news and bad news last night. Uh, the or actually over the last couple of days, free throw wise, your team has really responded to the work. I know they've been putting in the gymnasium. Mm -hmm. you know, still around fifty five percent, but over the last two games, it's probably well over 70, 75 mm -hmm. percent from the free throw line. Other side of the coin, one for fifteen <laughs> from the three point mm -hmm. line last night. You continue to struggle from the arc. We do, and Lamar, it was really obvious that they'd watch film, probably watch the Carl Junction game, and knew that one of the best ways that we score buckets is off of dribble penetration, and either we penetrate and score ourselves or we, we penetrate and dump off to someone. And We've shot the ball better lately from the three-point line. We had those early season woes, which were similar to mm -hmm. what we saw last night, one for 15, but Man, it seems like these games that we've lost close like this, mm -hmm. that's also been a part of it, the, just not shooting it well. So one emphasis over the next two days is are the threes we're getting ball reversal? Are they inside-out threes? Are they those threes that seem to just go in more often than not? Or are they tough? Maybe we just feel like we need to shoot it because we are having trouble scoring. And and do we feel like we're – are we forcing some shots maybe? And, and are we getting as good a looks as we can? So we'll look at that and, and hopefully shoot it better here in the next uh, couple of weeks. Well, the other tough piece of news that came out of the, the ball game last night was Evan Ray obviously came down bad on an ankle, turned it, uh, coming back down to the floor. Uh, he left for a little while, came back in the beginning of the fourth quarter after getting a tape job from uh, Kaylee Peary. He gutted it out. Boy, good uh, uh, blessing for the effort he gave. Uh, it was obviously hampering him, there's no doubt. We're talking before your practice today, so I don't know how much time you spent with him, but uh, what do you think at this point about that ankle? Um, it it was very, very swollen last night after the game. Uh, this morning, uh, obviously last night, we, we had him ice bath. We had him elevate, compress, all, this, all the stuff that you can do for that. And this morning, swollen, uh, he sent me a message, said, Coach, I don't think I can walk on this, at least not very well. I, I said, yeah, let's not do that. So, uh, we got him some crutches um, this morning and got him in an ice bath again. I think he's on his third ice bath of the day as we're speaking now. But about every hour, hour and a half, we're getting him back in there um, to get that swelling done. And it looks a lot better this afternoon after all of the ice treatment. Um, then we're, we're compressing that as well. So I've told him what we normally do for these. You've got to be able to put weight on that ankle alone. You've got to be able to jump up and down on just that ankle. You've got to prove that you can push left, push right off that ankle. Um, and do it at a pretty high level before we'll sign off on you being able to play. And 
he's tough as nails. And anyone that was at the game last night saw the pain he was in. Um, and when he went back in the game initially, he's out there hobbling on one foot. And I got a sub. I said, Ev, you, you can't play on that. And, and he he said, yes. He, I said, well, you're going to have to show me. And he walked behind the bench, mm-hmm. and he said he was good and put it in. Gave a pretty pretty darn good valiant effort uh, to finish that ball game on that. So he really wants to try to play Friday. So we'll just have to see um, what what happens with it. But uh, is that one of those deals where you're going to have to decide whether to lose the war to win the battle? You know, yeah. I mean, went lose the battle to win the war. Yeah, and, and I've told him that. I, he, he said he, this afternoon. He's after the last ice bath. He said, "Man, the swelling's down. It, this this feels a lot better." I said, "Well, it's numb. You can't feel it because it's been in the ice for so long." And, he said, "I may be able to practice tomorrow." I said, "No, we're not. We're not going to be over aggressive with this in mid January because we don't want to re-injure. We don't want to make it worse. We're going to be cautious. Um, at the same time, we've got a senior who wants nothing more than to step on the court every every night and, and lay it all out there out there because this will be over before he knows it. So um, we'll we'll just evaluate and we'll trust our trainer Kaylee Peary's uh, advice and." Uh, Hopefully we get him back sooner than later and hopefully as close to 100% as possible. Yep, we'll hope for the best and uh, see what happens by Friday and then uh, Nevada doesn't play again until Tuesday. After that, certainly got a big stretch coming up with uh, the Frontenac Tournament in the next week with three straight days, so certainly need to try to get him healthy before that. Uh, uh, those three days of activity. All right, so Nevada now sitting at 2-11 uh, uh, and 11 on the season with the loss last night, uh, 0-1 in Big A West play. A couple more uh, league games coming up now, starting off with uh, – uh, tomorrow, or sorry, Friday night, travel down to Granby, take a, take on the East Newton Patriots. What a year they had last year, 26-3. and three. I got to the quarterfinals just like you did. They were beat, uh, beat by Blair Oaks. And again, like Nevada, a lot of graduation losses, maybe not as much, but, uh, uh, but they're uh, sitting around the 500 mark right now. So how have they been able to – they had a pretty good Neosho tournament. So how have they responded after the year they had last year? I think it took them a little bit to, for everyone to find their role. Um, like you said, they lost four really nice players. Uh, they've returned two guys that are really good good basketball players and Kelton Sorrells and Gabe Bergen and Sorrell at the guard position. You know, as the he was the fifth starter for them a year ago and he wasn't asked to do a lot, but he was very capable. He's a good three point shooter. He's quick off the dribble and he's really stepped into this role as being the lead scorer. Gabe Bergen, who as an underclassman has always been kind of an undersized post player. Now as a senior, and, and he's an 18-year-old man, he's, he's 6'2", 6'3", strong, physical. Is he the biggest man as Trace Wilhite? Mm, he is not <laughs> built quite the same way as, as Trace Wilhite. That, that guy is mature. <laughs> he is. He, he's a, And I think he's only a junior. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, uh, but Gabe Bergen's a nice post player, and they've really got a good duo with those two. And they're well coached. Coach mm-hmm. Fields does a great job. His, his guys are fundamental on both ends of the floor. So they've gotten better and better as the season's gone along, and people have learned their roles. And as you uh, let me know yesterday, it is their homecoming. That's that place always fills the gym. Their student section does a great job. So it will be a raucous atmosphere, and uh, we'd love nothing more than to get the payback uh, for the fact that they came up and beat us last year here in Nevada. Yeah, it's been the last two years were were well weren't, weren't that fun, but uh, but <laughs> but they were epic battles uh, mm-hmm. anyway between two programs out of the Big Eight West division. Uh, yeah, and now you are a well and one in the Big A West, but still a Big A West that can, that can be up for grabs a little bit if you can nab that one, and then we'll see what happens. Coach Talley and I have really looked at it, and Lamar and McDonald County return more than anybody else. 
and East Newton maybe has two of the top five or six players in the conference and, and a, a, a program with a lot of tradition. Monette looks to have some good firepower. So it's it's really – and we think this could be a year where a one-loss or even a two-loss team can share a, a, a portion of the title. So um, while we would have loved to have gotten that one last night, that would have been a real boost uh, towards uh, trying to get a conference title. If, you, if you're able to go win on the road at East Newton, anytime you can win on the road in conference, you're giving yourself a chance – then, then you really feel like, okay, uh, get a couple more, see what happens when we go to Matt County. So uh, it all starts Friday, though. We've got to get that one if, if we want to get anything accomplished. Well, then next Tuesday, you'll be uh, on the road again, uh, traveling to Seneca, part of a girl-boy doubleheader against the Indians uh, next week. Uh, they pick up a win against Cassville last night. Cassville had gotten off to a good start this season, record-wise. And again, their schedule uh, is a little bit on the small side. Uh, there's no doubt about it. But for Seneca, a team that's really going to be kind of struggling the last couple of years, I'm sure that was a nice feather in their cap last night. It was, Mike. And Coach King's kind of been – he's been looking down the road the last couple of years, trying to develop kids. And this junior class, several of them played minutes as freshmen. And then I think three of them started last year as sophomores. So – more experience and just maybe more ability with experience than he's had in the last couple of years there. Combine that with the fact that he, he really likes his freshman and sophomore classes also. Um, they've had some nights where they've really been able to put up some points on people. They are still young, though, with mostly juniors, sophomores, and freshmen playing. But uh, on any given night, they've got the ability to play with people and, and to beat somebody. So uh, it will be a it will be a tough ball game down there. Coach King's always really well prepared, and uh, uh, we enjoy going down there. We enjoy battling against a program like Seneca. So hopefully we get started on the right foot Friday at East Newton and continue the – are they both in – That's the new, this will be the Newton County yeah, sure uh, road swing. Sure so enough, yeah. Hopefully we can have success on this uh, <laughs> Newton County road swing. We always joke Opposite about – size of the county. <laughs> we always joke about the Berry County road swing, which yeah, Berry County yeah, comes to us this yeah, year. But yeah. this will be the Newton County road trip. Uh, we won't be staying in Neosho over the weekend, though. <laughs> Newton, Seneca is darn near close to Oklahoma. So, yeah. <laughs> in fact, we used to play baseball in Oklahoma when we went to Seneca, mm-hmm. but uh, they got their new complex now. But uh, it should be a good uh, should be a good week uh, again. A couple of Big A West battles coming up. Uh, both of them on the road. If you can't make the trips, of course, we'll have the the coverage for you. Uh, one thing to talk about: uh, we didn't really see it last night, like I thought we would. And you talked about it. And you've been working on it in practice. I'm sure you're expecting to see it down the road. That's the trapping pressure defense. Uh, Lamar didn't really pulled that out much last night but at least I didn't notice it maybe you did but uh is that an ongoing uh, uh project for you to make sure that uh, you're able to handle that going down the road since obviously the coach's network works the way that it does it is Mike and we early in the season we saw zone pressure from uh teams in the Carthage mm-hmm. tournament and we felt like we got a lot better at that the the run and jump man stuff we hadn't seen as much and with the athletes that Francis Allen Jeff City had it, it was really tough for us but we're continuing to work on that because if I was an opposing coach and I saw, I would at least have that arrow ready uh, to, to to shoot um, against us. And uh, East Newton's a team that will play multiple defenses. Seneca and the Jamboree uh, back in November did some trapping. So we really feel like we will see that. And uh, we feel confident that we're going to be better against it. Well, we look forward to the matchups uh, again at uh, East Newton on Friday. Seneca next Tuesday. And uh, wish you the best of luck. And uh, we'll see you at both spots. We're looking forward to it. Thanks, Mike. Tiger head coach Sean Gray. We come back. It's wrestling with head coach Forrest Drury. They've been very busy over the last several days. And uh, Derek Campbell has that conversation with the Tiger Red wrestling coach. After this timeout on Tiger Talk.